Hello, I'm Jensen Button, and you're listening hey to... Guys, I'm Sergio Perez, and this is... Checko, I'm doing this bit. You're listening to you're Gareth, listening Jones. Gareth Jones on speed. Martin, tell him to stop. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's called Richard. Hello. He's called Zong. Hello. And this is going to be one of those episodes of What Have You Been Driving? Because that's what happens when we meet up, the three of us. We often have this conversation. What have you been driving? So, Zog, what have you been driving? Well, apart from the faithful old Steed, the Mercedes-Benz E-Class, in particular the E63 AMG. Now, That's a great uh, sentence to start with. Yeah, I drove the E63 AMG. Hang on a sec. Did you drive the estate version as well as the saloon version? <sighs> well, I think you know the answer to this, guy. Yeah, yeah. Because you may have been there, as I recall. I, I but yes, I drove, you, drove, yes, we both drove in the morning the estate version, mm-hmm. and in the afternoon the saloon version, the S version, in fact, of the mm-hmm. saloon. So just a little more power there. I'm not as taken by estates in general as you are. <laughs> I have to admit, though, you know, if you're going to have an estate, I'll have that one. That was This uh, is the most powerful estate Mercedes have ever made. It may be the most powerful estate car in the universe. So it's what, five? Uh, I think it's 549 in... Uh, is it 549 yes. or 585? Five, five, uh, 580 the, or thereabouts. Because um, there's, okay. there's an S model, so you can have even more power. Yeah, the S is 585, the regular is 549, I think. And it had formatic four-wheel drive. I mean, and we can't fan- have in this country, can we? No, you, right-hand drive. You can't. It's to do with the position of the steering column. And all yeah, the steering now, gun this is something so. Mercedes say all the time with their four-wheel drive models and have said for several years. I'm afraid you can't have four-wheel drive in the UK because the steering column won't fit through where we put the drive shafts and things like that. Yeah, now, yeah. it strikes me many, many other manufacturers managed to sell us four-wheel drive cars without that problem. So, really, Mercedes... What are they doing different? Pull your finger out. I suspect the real reason is also because it's not worth their bother. The, the you don't well, want four-wheel so, drive you know, in this country gonna, that much, do Or it's going to so. be a cost thing. Yeah, yeah, of course they could do it, but it's going to have a cost associated with it, and they presumably reckon that whatever it would cost them to make those versions just isn't worth it because they wouldn't yeah. sell enough of them. Well, because the same, by the same I, I token, right. four-wheel drive cars are very popular in the snow belt in the US, yeah. and Mercedes offer four-wheel drive on all sorts of things. Yeah. So did BMW. Jaguar had to belatedly retro-engineer four-wheel drive into the XJ and yeah. XF. Have they, you driven one of the new... Uh, well, no, because, again, they're not coming to this country, but I presume for the same reason the Mercedes don't. The, 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 it isn't the, just about their drive shafts and steering columns. It's also that, what's the point? No one wants them mm-hmm. here. Yeah. They'll make a yeah, and, 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 version. Yeah, 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 and anybody that really wants that car enough in the UK will get a left hand side. So, yes, you but, can, or, but, or buy a Range Rover. Well, exactly. So yeah. my question but to you it, is, however, yeah. did you find with the four wheel drive that the AMG E Class was very good at putting its power down? Because the one thing about those AMG Mercs of recent times, I've always found when they're rear wheel drive only, is the traction control light is on a lot of the time, particularly in the wet. They are frisky cars, and the computers are doing their level best to keep it all together. I have to say, yeah, didn't have a problem with traction... Got the power down beautifully. <laughs> Undoubtedly, I enjoyed the saloon more. I just thought that was fantastic. The estate doesn't have the same suspension as the saloon, sadly, because they compromise the load bay. You know, right. They, to, they can't do yeah. Yeah. the, uh, what do they call it? There's a name for their rear suspension, which it doesn't have, obviously. Is, is it Airmatic? It took, well, I drove the um, but, Jaguar XF Sport Brake, you know, the estate yeah. version of that, uh, the other day. It's a beautiful-looking car, and in many ways it's very, very good. Sorry. 
do. But they have air suspension on the back of that mm-hmm. to compensate for heavier loads going in the back, and I think they've spoiled the ride on it. Oh, mm. really? Interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? it was an extraordinarily assured car yeah. to drive in, you know, yeah. in an incredibly unfussy way. That went around going incredibly quickly, very confidence inspiring handling, unfussy, unflashy, but making a fabulous noise. Yeah. Very elegant, just fantastic. Having driven the AMG 63 saloon in the afternoon, got back in my car later that evening, it just felt so slow. Um, yeah. But then, you know. Funny, I was talking to but, a friend of mine who's got a Porsche 911. And he went to the Porsche Experience place at Silverstone. He's got an old shape, a 997 Carrera 2S. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Porsche Experience at Silverstone. And they let him have a go in a GT3, the mm. outgoing GT3. And he says it's basically ruined his life. Because he got back into his 911 C2S, just, yeah. a wonderful, wonderful car. Yeah. And he said it just felt rubbish. Yeah. Okay. And he said, and this is a genuine quote, he did this last week, and he said... He hasn't been able to stop thinking about the GT3 and how it's made all other cars feel totally useless and he just can't get it out of his mind. He's obsessed, but he knows he can't afford one, so it's just ruined his life. I kind of know how he feels. What I actually found the most impressive thing about the E63 was, in fact, not to do with the performance. It was a lot of the electronics and sensor technology on it. And this is technology that is available on the rest of the E-Class range as well. It's all the stuff like headlights that will sense when another car is in a position to be dazzled by your full beams that will then adjust the beam so as not to dazzle that other car. A sensor that will tell when you're wandering out of the lane and will give you a little gentle reminder. Mm. A collision avoidance Binocular device. stereo vision that looks uh, around objects to recognise the shape to know whether to hammer on the brakes or not. Yeah, yeah, very, very smart braking. And also there was a point where we pulled off the road to find out that it had fallen down the side of a seat and... I noticed, just as we pulled off, that the sat-nav screen, you know, your main display screen, was suddenly showing, you would call it a bird's-eye view of the car, a view from yeah. above the car. Yeah, yeah. And I know this isn't the only vehicle that does this now, but it's still mind-blowing technology. It's as if you have a view from a little UAV drone mm. hovering 20 feet above your car with a camera pointed straight down, and if somebody gets out of the car and walks around the car, you see them <laughs> yeah. walking around the car as if there's something. And, you know, and of course, it's using cameras all around the car and doing some clever jiggery-pokery and computer mindlessness and you know, bang, stitch it all together. Wow, bang! moving picture very clever it's magic it does that without a drone but I wouldn't be surprised if on the next S-Class the military grade drone was an option <laughs> well I would like to imagine it's a little hot air balloon that, that just rises gently from the roof whenever you, uh, I've driven a car that's got that I would I, buy I, that option a really sweet I would, little I would, hot air balloon just tiny yeah, that, oh, I it would deflates and yep. goes, yeah, yeah. I would buy the barrel option yeah. Yeah. Oh, barrel um, yeah, yeah, sweet yeah, yeah. what Zog said because I drove this car as well what Zog said is absolutely right considering it's a really powerful tear up machine that's capable of some extraordinary things yes I got back in my car when I got back home and it felt slow but it was utterly unfussed by anything. It was mm. really properly composed. Yeah, hugely capable car. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Is right all right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't remember thinking it was a bit Were you in Spain? Yeah. yeah. Roads are quite smooth in a lot of Spain. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always hard to know how things will cope here. With you know, and, 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 you know, we, we, we weren't taking it on a track where you might explore those limits mm. of traction and grip a little bit more. You know, we're on mm. public roads on the wrong side of the road. Mm. Yeah, so one Why do they persist in doing that? I know, I know. Bloody mindedness. But you know what? We were in those mountains that are just north of Barcelona and I reckon the amount of torque generated by the 24 E63 V8s that were there 
probably created ripples that made those mountains at least 200 foot taller by the time we'd all left. Oh, it's a good thought. And here on this glorious day, the new Mercedes S-Class sweeps majestically into the underground car park in front of the gathered dignitaries and water side cheers. The driver now slips her effortlessly into reverse and the unique Rearview Zeppelin rises smoothly from its compartment. Oh, but wait, the ceiling is too low. Zeppelin has struck the ceiling. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the tragic loss of so many tiny little cameras. Oh, the technology. Step Central, we got a chance on speed. I know you can barely contain your excitement to find out what I've been driving. Zog's had the beautiful AMG E63. Richard's got something which is frankly disappointing when you hear about it in a minute or two. But I want to talk about what I've been driving for the last week. Because it's a set a new benchmark for Gareth Jones on speed. Ah. The invisible car. This car must have had cloaking technology on it. Because usually I get in a car and I drive up to North Wales and I turn up and your family greet you and all people you know greet you and they go, oh, oh look at what have you got? What's, oh, ah. We got out of the car this time, nobody mentioned. And they said, how did you get here? Where's the car? <laughs> yeah. Did you walk? You just materialised out of nowhere. <laughs> Is it Wonder Woman's car? Because the car we had was a Volkswagen Charan. And you know uh, what you were saying recently about... Have you noticed there's a new version of... What was it we were talking uh, about? Well, the Zephyr is one I'm obsessed yeah. with because I think it's a really nice-looking car isn't as it? people carriers go. Yeah. And it seems it's almost like no-one dares mention it. Yeah. I can't remember reading a road test of it in any <laughs> magazine or on any website. I don't know anything about it. I haven't driven it myself. I have no idea what it's like. Nobody has people carrier that dare not it speak its turns name. turns out <laughs> some bloke round the corner from me seems to have bought one. I've walked past it a couple of times and gone, oh, that's nice. But it's just there. But I don't know how it's in, doing. In an unfussy kind of way. Yeah, I've it? only seen three or four on the road, and one of them appeared to have broken down <laughs> and was being attended to by the AA. Yeah, this but, isn't um, this, this look, apply that rule to the Charan. Because you think about the old Charan Galaxy Alhambra, you know, thousands of legion everywhere. Everywhere yeah, you go, yeah. cab drivers, mm-hmm, old yeah. cab drivers, families, you know, everyone had them. Can you picture the current Charan in your mind? It's hard work, isn't it? I think it's the least distinctive model in the VW I range. Can, I can picture the badge. Yeah, well, well, that's enough. That's yeah. enough. So oh. I was just picturing a funny-looking cow. <laughs> I just got distracted, sort of brown and white mottled, well, standing was, in a field. The car was brown, which didn't Was help. it brown? It was brown. I, yeah, you know, yeah. funny enough, when I did try and picture it, I pictured it as being brown, because I yep. think in the photographs they released when it came out... Brown. They were of a brown one. I remember thinking, mm. that probably wasn't a good idea. Well, that's a colour that hasn't really been in fashion for a while. Yeah, but it? I, I, the truth not is, since I the Coutinho like, the, the world is waiting for the. They're yourself. just waiting for the right brown to come. The Brown's right kind of brown comeback, paint though, to come along. Except, I think it's only made a comeback in design studios. Now, I like a brown car. Mini Clubman, remember when that yeah, came Yeah, oh, that was brown. We yeah. had the signature yeah. colour that they, yeah. they put all one. the photos out in and stuff was this colour called yeah. Hot Chocolate. That's right. Deep, rich brown. It's actually quite nice. There's a brown you can get on Porsches. A 911 press car was in it, and it looked fabulous. Yeah. It was a really nice, again, rich, chocolatey colour. Mm. A rich brown colour, and there are quite a few of them out there. You don't really see them on the streets, because I think 
Car companies decided Brown's coming back. Good for them. Customers have decided it bloody well isn't. I saw a funeral cortege the other day. I'm Brown? going somewhere with this. No, it was oh. as you'd expect. It was black. So there's yeah. a hearse in black. There's a stretch Mercedes E-Class in black, and then another yeah. stretch Mercedes E-Class in black. And then behind it was, in fact, funnily enough, I think it was an old shape BW Chiran, also okay. in black. Yeah. But then behind that. Toyota Avensis in black. And then there was like a Land Rover Freelander in black. I was thinking, where does the funeral procession end and just <laughs> yeah. our lack of imagination when we buy cars yeah. start? Yeah. Because most yeah. cars yeah. seem to be black, silver or grey or yeah. maybe a push. It was the same problem in the 80s. It looked like everyone had a wedding car, didn't they? Like, yeah, with a white yeah red or white. It was yeah. just like playing snooker. <laughs> but the brown on the Chiran from memory in the pictures, though I cannot remember exactly what the Chiran looks like, I can remember a sort of dull smudge of a rather sort of coppery brown mm. doesn't really do anyone any favours. There's a hint of a sparkle, but it just wasn't great. It really like a glittery poo. <laughs> it was a bit like a glittery poo, like Dave Hill's poo. It's got... It's so- <laughs> <laughs> I always imagine. I say always imagine. I've never imagined that before, but I would imagine. Anyway, the Sharam, nothing to do with Dave Hill's poo, for all its lack of charisma, it was spot on, really. I averaged 35 miles to the gallon in that. Girlfriend, we got to North Wales in record time, didn't we, in that car? Do you remember? What was yes. it? Or is it that you actually all fell asleep and uh, <laughs> just woke up, like an episode oh, of Father Ted? I commented, when we got to North Wales, I got out of the car. It's an old cliche. Well, I feel as fresh as a daisy. I genuinely did. There's an airiness to it on the inside, which yeah, not involved in... It's got a lot of airiness. Uh, it's, it's like, we did have good traffic as well, though. We had great so traffic. So it makes okay. good, it makes traffic. good traffic. traffic. By being invisible. Ah, yeah. So people don't notice it. Plowed yeah. through other cars. You would think being invisible would be kind of a disadvantage in traffic. Dangerous. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> we did. Apparently not. We got up there pretty quick and got up there and half the way back and more on a full tank of fuel. It'll do 40 something, they say. So it's, This I, is what? 2 litre TDI, I'm guessing. That's the one. Uh, 140 PS. With a six speed manual gearbox or DSG? DSG. Uh, my uh, first experience of the DSG uh, gearbox. How, how did you find that? Just a lever down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's there where it normally is. It's not a sporting gearbox in the application that it has in the Sharan. There are two modes. There's drive and sport. Mm. Uh, yes, it does hold the revs down when you're in sport mode, but there are no paddles. You need it to be able to up and down it manually. Mm. You can't. You have to kick down. And that stops it from being a driver's car. You know, mm. if ever there's going to be an application for that, you know, this isn't a driver's car. It's an MPV Fair enough. It doesn't have that, but I oh, missed it. You say it needs the paddles, but does it need them, or is that something that you just yeah. really want? Because you're, I like driving. You're an enthusiast. There's you know, a great you like thing you can do. And I've driven a few cars with paddles where they're so well set up and so just neatly behind the spoke on the wheel mm. that you're coming down a hill or you're just coming towards traffic and you want to just slow the car a little bit on the motorway, for example, with some engine braking so you don't have to touch the brakes mm-hmm. and cause your ripple effect. You just flick a paddle, knocks it down a gear, gives you a bit of engine braking. Mm. In a modern automatic with a seven or eight speed box Mm. where the top gear is really high and you lift off and there's no real immediate sort of change in speed, just tap it down a gear, just gives you a bit of engine braking. means Mm. you sort of then match pace with the traffic when it moves out of the way, stick it back in D and you're away and you can just relax again. It's a very clever thing. It's a handy Mm. thing to have. It's just nice. It's not essential, but there we go. Can I just change the subject very, very slightly? Talking of DSG gearboxes and Volkswagens, you know the thing you occasionally do on Twitter, Gareth, with cars you haven't thought of for a while? Yes, yes, yes. Had a hell of a flash of that today. Which was? Thought about the Volkswagen Passat R36. The old shape Mm. Passat. They did a super sort of sporty version. Completely 
yeah, house yeah. of character with the car. Which was Made four, no massive, four what Yeah, well, it had it? four motions. So it had four four-wheel motion. drive. It had the 3.6-litre version V6. of the Golf VR6 engine, yeah. which I think had 300 horsepower. And it was yeah. DSG only, and they did an estate version. I remember. And I suddenly thought about the estate version. I thought, yeah. I think that might be an underrated car. And yeah. it was probably mm. very expensive when it was new. I bet they're And they're probably like 50p now. And yeah. I bet that was the same running gear on the VW Charan full yeah, motion yeah. that I saw recently, which I didn't even know ever existed. I bet it's the same, isn't it? Ooh, it Similar. Be. I'm sure there's some. Yes, yeah. it's probably all yeah. VW are very good at reasoning bits. I went looking for Passat R36 estates, and, and the number left? for sale on Autotrader is... Uh, two? OK, it's either zero or one. One. Ah, thank you. <laughs> one state, one saloon. That's it. So, and the um, price? Uh, well, ten grand. Which really? I mean, it's a so oh, cool. oh, yeah, it's a sort of a lot of car, but still, it's like well, hmm. it's a yeah, poor man's how, RS4. Yes. Yeah. Well, in fact, I then looked up a road test from my colleagues yeah. at Evo, and that's exactly what they said. Is that right? That yeah. was a good yeah. guess, yeah. isn't it? Right. So that's the sexy end of VW. Yes. The Chiran, well, there's <laughs> sexier. No, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing sexy about the Chiran. It's just so practical and just does what it says on the box. You might say. And the nearest thing I've driven to it recently was perhaps the Mercedes B200, which I enjoyed more. Mm -hmm. I really did like that. Part of me thinks that the ML250 we had, which had a two-litre engine that was ever so thrifty, in some ways that was more fun, didn't drive as well as the Chiran, which understeered in a very comedy way on two occasions. But, you know, this wasn't but, you a know, sport it, model. It's, and it's not it's supposed, supposed to be, it's, it's not supposed mm. to be fun. And, you know, it's supposed to be what, sensible and practical. And, yeah, exactly. But what this car did better than anything else I've driven recently was... Tick the box marked MPV. It is an MPV. You know, they sell it as an MPV. It truly, truly is. Those sliding doors at the side. I used it to shift some stuff around from my mother's house, you know. And in the back of one vehicle, I got an entire three-seater, three-piece suite sofa and both the chairs, big, giant, comfy chairs, and all the cushions because of that huge aperture at the side from the sliding door and that huge thing in the back and this is without having to that take the seats pretty, out that is pretty impressive flip yes. and fold down there is yeah. less room in the car with seats that fold down rather than come out like the old Sharan but the point I'm trying to get to to really get the MPV effect you have to go over a certain size a smaller MPV like the Scenic it's a compromise as soon as you get to the size where you can get an entire six foot person or a seven foot sofa in the back it becomes truly useful and I couldn't fault it I didn't love of it, I couldn't fault it. There yeah. we go then. And the Volkswagen Shiran, a big brown hole. <laughs> <laughs> and now a short statement from Pirelli Tires. Hello. We at the Pirelli Tires are very aware of criticisms of the speed which our Formula One tires degrade. And we wanted to address these concerns, which are the result of the football. Oh dear, I'm very sorry. It appears his tongue has delaminated. don't like this part of the show because there I am very happy talking about the VW Chiran Richard turns up 
In what, Richard? Tell us what you turned up in. Well, it's the Bentley Continental GT Speed. Yeah, yeah. Um, hang on, before we go anywhere. Girlfriend, when we're driving on the road and we see a Bentley Continental, what do I normally do? Ah, oh, Bentley! Yeah. <laughs> he greets every Bentley. I greet every Bentley. Everyone in person. Everyone. Yeah. As if the Bentley were like a gentleman from an old boys club. Oh, Bentley. Oh, Bentley. Bentley. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Ah, oh, Bentley. Now, I love the Continental. Right. Yeah. This particular Continental is called the GT Speed, right? The Gaz Top Gareth Jones on speed. They've named a car after me and you've driven it, not me. I, I'm not sure that's why they named it that. Oh, but really? hey, you know, it, oh. it might be. Who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. Obviously, it's a disappointment to you, Richard, this car. <laughs> It must be one of the most disappointing cars in the VAG. Right? You looked pretty disappointed when you stepped out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that's a disappointed smile yeah. playing about that man's yeah. face. Well, I drove the original Bentley Continental GT when it first came out 10 years ago. Very briefly had a go in one and thought it was sort of all right, but it felt fat. It was weighed down by its own density. And although the engine was clearly yeah. quite powerful, it Not couldn't quite car. overwhelm that sort of initial inertia. And even at relatively low speed, it felt like the brakes were struggling against the sheer mass of the car. You mm. can they change I, the laws of physics. You can change the laws of physics. Yeah. And I, I didn't get to chuck it around any corners, but I would imagine it was all sort of more of the same. And it just seemed a bit disappointing. It didn't seem sort of somehow special enough. And the most overwhelming sensation was of weight and not in a yeah. good way. Yeah. Move forward to this. There's still that sense of weight, but now... It's perfectly in balance, and it has, I mean, because it's 616 horsepower, so it's got what Rolls-Royce used to call adequate. It's a W12 engine, isn't it? W12 twin turbo. So what Um, they've done here, they've taken to VR6, the engine we were talking about before, the the VW VR6, and sort of joined them at the crankcase. Well, they'd probably be very cross if you said that, because I Mm. think it's a new block. But yeah, I mean, I think Mm. there's some commonality with the old VR6 engine. They assemble them in crew. And they're quite proud about this. I think they get a lot of people say, oh, you know, those modern Bentleys are basically made in Germany. And huge bits of them are, but people up at Crew are quite proud of the fact they still do put all of the bits of the engine together. I'd imagine it's quite a complicated engine. It's hard to yeah, see because it's got a huge shroud over it in that car, but W12. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is, and Gareth noticed this when I took him out for running it, is that V12s are generally very, very smooth engines. They're inherently smooth. Mm. They go... Mm. Well, they do in like an old Jaguar or a well, Mercedes or a Rolls Royce Phantom or a Mercedes, actually, the, the S Class V12. Or Aston. Yes, yeah, so, well, that's the thing. You can tune them so the exhaust makes lots of nice raggedy noises, mm. like in an Aston, like in a Ferrari, mm. but inherently they are balanced. Well, it, yeah. yeah, isn't it the most inherently balanced yeah, configuration? I think so. That of, and a straight six. It's as like well, a clock yeah, with a conrod. It's like a clock yeah. with a conrod at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 12 o'clock, yeah, and 11 as well, if you imagine it that way. Yeah. Oh, oh you mean in terms of the timing yeah. of the... It's like, yeah, the be pulses smooth. are the timing of the exposure. Yeah, no, yeah, yes. that, that's a good, yes. Yeah. yeah. Good. So this is very smooth, but it has a throb to it. It has a backbeat like a V8. Mm. There's a sort of dum 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 as well. It's very bassy. And it's I don't know how much of that is exhaust tuning, but some of it, the throb, feels like that is inherently because the engine has got that sort of slight but attractive imbalance to it, it the V8 has. I, I, I listened to it. I don't know if I can do an impression of it, but I described it more like a beat, more like a pulse mm. than, than a throb. It sort of went... 
just a little like sort of oscillation to it. Like, like it's modulating exactly. uh, steady pitch. Yeah, steady like Eno's yeah. gone in there and cranked up his VCF. Is that right, on his VCO? This is either amplitude or frequency modulation. In this case, this is going to be an amplitude modulation, so it's VCA, voltage controller. VCA, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, that's, it that's was fascinating. It is, it's an interesting noise. And what's the best thing you like about it? It's a good sound. Just the sheer brutality of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's party piece is just gathering speed enormously quickly, and you choose how brutally that happens by how much you press the accelerator. I don't Mm. think I've used full throttle in it for more than a split second, because if you do... By God, all hell breaks loose! It is for its Rip size up the road and weight behind you and disappear yeah. into a well for any hole car. It's quick for its size and weight. It's preposterous. It's kind of half three quarters throttle. Just something as simple as merging onto a motorway and seeing that it's clear ahead of you and really giving it a bit of a just you know move up mm. to a cruising speed that's broadly within the confines of the law. And it just moves up there. There's all these cliches that you still find yourself drawn to, surging and pulling yeah. like a train, all this rubbish. But it's hard to describe how it does completely crush its own mass with its own power. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. as if it's travelling through a vacuum because there seems to be no resistance. Mm-hmm. It's just moving. And it's mm-hmm. moving faster and faster and faster until you decide that you probably ought to stop it. It's a bluff old thing. It's not necessarily slicing its way through the air, is it? No, it's It's not. It's almost just smashing it out of the way. But doing it in such a civilised way that it is. I've never driven a car exactly like it. Mm. There are a few things that are not absolutely top-notch about it, if you're being picky. And one of them is, I think, that the general sort of electrical systems Mm. on it are a bit old generation. Mm -hmm. Last week I was driving the new Skoda Octavia, Mm -hmm. and that's on the new Golf box of parts so it has the very latest whiz bangy stuff in it and the sat nav system that was built into the car i had there were various other functions in it you pushed a button to do with the air conditioning system a lovely computer rendering of the interior popped up and then you could decide how vigorous the air conditioning was <laughs> between sort of full strength medium soft and that was irrespective of then the fan control this is just yeah. an extra layer of things something that only sort of top end Mercedes used to do now it's on a bloody Octavia yeah. and the, all the graphics were lovely the Bentley doesn't have any of that yeah. it's like it's playing catch up okay. now well, this, what, it's a minor you thing you can live it's without just, it's like you, I think yeah, if you bought one of those cars exactly. for the most part you probably wouldn't know unless it turns out you buy the Nanny a Golf or an Octavia with that system in it and you'll suddenly think oh why is my Bentley not quite as sophisticated as this but and this is my point the electronics might feel like they're sort of a little bit it's not, last it's generation, not archaic, yeah. it's just it's, a bit last generation. Yeah. It'll let my phone connect to the Bluetooth, yeah. but it has the Bluetooth audio facility that many, many cars have now, and yeah. it's a great feature. Mm. But in that, it won't recognise my phone, which is an iPhone. I believe they've sold oh. a few of them, so you yeah, think that's... it's like, what? Anyway, here's the thing. The electronics may be a little bit behind. It's fine. It doesn't ruin the car. The mechanical parts feel they're absolutely beautifully created and honed to near perfection Mm. it's not perfect but the performance particularly in the engine with gearbox programming eight-speed gearbox beautiful smooth changes on it all that stuff the mechanical parts are superb it's a very mechanical feeling car and that is what i really really like Uh and better that they should i can live without bluetooth music if i've got sort of but but distantly like that happening in another room you could even play some cds who knows (laughs) you may still have some what are you on about, Grandad? No, 78. Oh, the Bentley sorry, at 178. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Having spent 10 minutes in that car with you earlier on today, three things I noticed about it. The damping 
on the organ stop controls for the air vents in the front seats. Mm. Just lovely. Yeah, mechanical. Well, see, all the mechanical stuff yeah. is good. You pull mm. them out, they were so damp. But number one, some notice that in the rear, the damping is not there. Only on the front oh, where really? the money is. Yeah. We pay for the cameras. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Shut uh, up, children. Passengers, yeah. shut up. Get the, up with the it. other thing yeah. I noticed was that the diamond stitching on the padding of the seats could have been straight out of uh, 1931 blower. Or so nice, 35 blower, perhaps. It was just great. Nice. And the third one was, yeah, that sat-nav was almost identical to that which was in my slightly cheaper Sharan, which yeah. I've been driving <laughs> the day before. Just before we finish, we've got to wrap Go this up, but yeah. I've got the options list here. The car that I've been driving lists, base what? price, 151,100 That's pounds. the base price. <laughs> it oh. is. I've got to go home in it. Focus is the mind. Don't clip a curb. So, <laughs> it's got a few options on it. The first one is, now, the paint is anthracite. You'd think that's just a dark grey colour. It's pretty normal catalogue paper. No, this is coming out a special range. Option of the main paint. £3,230 for paint. Ow. The stitching on that Ow. quilted leather. Now, that was yeah. contrast stitching. You don't get that for free. You have to pay more. You have to pay more for that. Do you want to guess how much? <laughs> uh, 500 quid. Three quid? £1,395! <laughs> for different coloured thread. The carbon fibre on the dashboard. It's actually carbon fibre, fissure panel, centre console and roof console. It's a bit of carbon fibre, replaces what you get there, I think. Turn aluminium or wood. Carbon is extra. It is... £3,960. Oh, Richard, you'll be telling me they charge you extra for that glasses case that comes with <laughs> the car that fits <laughs> in the slot. I told Gareth about this. There's a glasses case that goes into the cup holder hole. It says Bentley. Carbon so it has a Bentley badge on it. Yeah, okay. Now, the reason is someone it's, 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 told it's, it's, me this. So far, I'm liking this. It's the Bentley badge is on it because they believe that people would want to take it with them when they left the car and make sure that everyone knew they owned a Bentley. It's made right. very vulgar people. So that they don't appear like a white. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, and, and I say this as a Sestrian myself, Bentley is based in Cheshire. Sometimes <laughs> our sense of taste goes a bit awry. So, <laughs> and how much is that, Richard? Tell me. So, it's a little sunglasses case. Yes. It has carbon fibre finish on the top to mm-hmm. match your dashboard. Mm. I do need a new that, glasses case, actually. Well, if you want the one out of the Bentley Zog, you can have it, but I'm afraid you will have to pay me and Bentley £420. <laughs> it's accessory of the year. Or I could just take it out of that road test car and not mention it to anybody. We can cut this bit out, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Zog. Goodbye. You've been listening to Richard. Goodbye. Richard, you get a last word. I have two things. What's the total price of that car? Oh, and what's the MPG? That's its worth. Uh, total price is 180,045 of your pounds. Now, I think if I had that kind of money, I would actually, for the first time, be very tempted by a Conti GT because I think it looks nice and the bigger wheels and it drives beautifully. MPG? MPG at its worst, I don't know, one probably. I haven't checked. <laughs> but I did go up the motorway to Birmingham from London on Saturday and it did 24. Now, that's about what my Jaguar XJR does, and the Bentley is crashingly faster than a supercharged Jaguar. It makes my old Jag feel a bit weak all of a sudden. Mm. And on that bombshell of us all finding that we've driven things that make our own cars feel a bit rubbish. (laughs) Yeah, true enough. Damn you, the luxury of covering other people's progress. Damn you, the future, yes. He was Richard, and I was Gareth. We're going to leave you with a tune. This one, in the style of Buddy Holly. See you. Distinctly below 
Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to GarethJones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>